Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He's the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the internet and is a master of impressions. If they win this game, they're going to make the playoffs. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joins the drive. For a championship preview, you need a championship kind of guest. I am very happy and honored to be joined in studio by a man that needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. A seven-time Pro Bowler, nine-time first-team All-Pro, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney! Good to be here. Pete Sweeney, how are you doing today, my man? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I'm great. It, it, it's a great uh, time to, to be alive here. We're getting ready for uh, Super Bowl week, I'm assuming. Rob went to work and and got dug up all the takes of all the fans going into the text line and you and him complaining about the Chiefs and me every week saying I think they're good enough to make the Super Bowl. You have that you got that montage ready? No, we don't have that montage. Hold on, let's be fair here. I never completely jumped (laughs) off ship. I was holding this show together. Rob did. Now, I will give you this, and I see you got bandages on your hands from patting yourself on the back okay. over these last couple of days. I, I was just wondering. You, you get... never wavered. No. When everybody was, hey, go make a trade. I think they're good enough. I think they're good enough. I think you and I were looking at it differently but kind of came to the same conclusion. This team had the talent, but mm-hmm. they just had to stop turning the football over. They had to get out of their own way. And a big thing that I've been talking about this week, Pete Sweeney, is they let the Ravens do what they did during the regular season. The Ravens had three turnovers in the game. The Ravens had 95 yards of penalties. The Ravens abandoned the run in that game. All the things that the Chiefs did to shoot themselves in the foot against the Lions or the Eagles or the Packers or the Bills, the Ravens did all of those things on Sunday, and you're just not going to beat good teams like Kansas City if you compound all the mistakes that they did. Yeah, we don't need to dwell with how right I was, even though I was extremely right. I no, think, go ahead and do it. Right I, now I think, is the time to take your time. I think, the big, I think the big thing that sticks out that I would say is that we have seen teams that are defense first and this good at defense historically be able to win the Super Bowl. And in those years, those offenses were actually ranked worse than where the Chiefs were, which is right around like that 9 to 12 range. And it's extended to the playoffs. I mean, I, I still think that if this were the regular season, <laughs> there would be fans complaining uh, that the offense completely wasn't there in the second half and they are not going to be able to go far enough. But the, the trick is here, they are far. I mean, they're in the in the Super Bowl. And so uh, this is a different way, as I, I kind of uh, alluded to the, the whole season, of getting there and 
and being able to do it. And now, uh, you know, anything can happen on Super Bowl Sunday. And I actually think the Chiefs, especially with the way that the 49ers defense has been playing, matches up pretty well. Because, right, like if the offense to me is still a weaker point, certainly it was in that second half, but people have been really gaining a lot of yards on the 49ers. And I think if there's anyone to curb this four-headed monster that is the 49ers offense, it's probably Steve Spagnuolo and whatever he's going to drop. So I think the Chiefs are in a pretty good position right now. I thought this was the 2023 Chiefs almost perfectly. Their offense did just enough. Their defense was the best unit in the National Football League. Their defense was dominant and controlled the game. But just this time, they didn't make the critical mistake. And we talked about this yesterday on the show. I think the Chiefs deserve a lot of credit for them responding after the Raiders game. That team and that offense was way off just five, six weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but they really relied on Isaiah Pacheco. They really leaned into Travis Kelsey. They really leaned into Rasheed Rice, and they've cut some of the fat. They have really pared this offense down, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't turned the football over since that game against the Las Vegas Raiders. That was the last interception that he's thrown. That was a long time ago to not throw an interception. Something with Pat clicked in middle to the end of the year in that final frame. We don't break this season into exact fourths anymore because it's 17 games. But like in that that final stretch, right? I think he just realized, and this whole team identity-wise realized, A, as you're saying, lean into – what is Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey, and then B, when maybe they aren't available, maybe you take a shot with an MBS, maybe you take a Watson, but whatever you do, just don't turn it over. Don't just force something into Kelsey or Rice and have it picked off or do your best not to fumble the football. And when you do that and you don't put the defense at the 20 or 30-yard line with 20 or 30 yards to go, then all of a sudden you're in control of every football game. And I think that's where the Chiefs have found themselves, and I think it's a repeatable equation a a repeatable recipe for how to beat what is a really good 49ers team but I mean if you are looking for confidence I know a lot of Chiefs fans have made this connection already the Baltimore Ravens kicked the crap out of the 49ers and it's never exact uh in football but you saw what Steve Spagnuolo was able to do to that offense I I tend to think there's going to be some plan in place and of course and I don't think shut out the 49ers but certainly limit what they can do we've been calling it the formula on this show yeah. that they implemented the formula they didn't kinda, turn the football <laughs> over they ran the football effectively and they played good defense kind of uh, a shout out to uh, uh, Kansas grad uh, Joel Embiid kind of uh, the process adjacent in a way but yes uh, it's a new um, manner of operating I just think it's for this year's Chiefs team and, like, if you want to talk about what's scary for the rest of the AFC and NFL in the immediate future, you know, I, yeah, I think you can make a case Snead has to be paid, Jones has to be paid. In one, in, in one way or another, the defense is going to be weaker next year. Which but, one do you pay in first? <sighs> so, like, let's say you can only keep one of them because you only have one franchise tag. And if you let the other one hit open free agency, you are losing that player. You don't this bring that a, player back. Maybe this is a little hot takey, but probably Chris Jones. Chiefs have been really good at identifying these kids in the draft. Trent McDuffie's another stud. They just keep on doing it. You know, they were able to find those guys in the seventh round. I, I think it's a little bit harder to find a, a defensive line game wrecker like Chris Jones even at his age, but it would be against the Chiefs formula. They don't like to pay guys his age, so I, I'm curious as to seeing, um, you know, how that plays out. But I just think they're in a, in a great position uh, to, to get this done, and I, I probably feel more confident – with the Chiefs against Brock Purdy and the 49ers that I have the last two weeks in enemy territory with better quarterbacks, right? So 
uh, this is where the Chiefs want to be, and it should be an exciting, what, 10, 10 to 11, 12 days here. I think the Chiefs might have the best one-two cornerback combination in the NFL with Snead and McDuffie. And I just don't know how you break that up, especially when you look at Snead's age, his injury history. He's 27. McDuffie is, what, 23 years old. He's going to be heading into his second contract soon. Mm-hmm. Like, you got something really, really special with those two, that there are two things in the NFL that right now you are the best at. I guess three things. You have the best coach in the league, the best quarterback in the league, and the two best corner duo combination in the NFL. I'm not letting one of those guys walk away and go play for the Cincinnati Bengals next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I you're making me pick. I don't want to get rid of either of these guys. And when it comes down to it, I, I think the Chiefs are more apt to keep Snead than Jones. I, I think that's probably the plan. So whatever you're wishing, I think it is probably going to happen here. But I just, you know, I look at Chris Jones and, you know, he takes up two two guys every play. Sometimes it's three guys, and it really helps uh, what are above-average players to me in a George Karloftis and a, a Mike Dana. What does the defensive line look like when you're able to double Karloftis and, and there isn't that threat of Jones? Uh, how do some of your really good cornerbacks look at that point? You know, a lot of football just starts up front, and I just if, – if you're going to say goodbye to Chris Jones and he might price himself out himself, I mean, there might be just some team, I don't know, with a lot of cap space that just gives him – the, the the brink truck as they say and he goes and makes his money and uh, the chiefs are never going to match that um but uh they're gonna have to find a, an ample replacement for him that really can take up space and threaten the quarterback it'll be an interesting conundrum uh for brett veach and, the, and his team to figure out uh in the offseason fortunately for kansas Cityans, they get to watch this particular crew for one more game right now we're joined in studio by pete sweeney of arrowhead pride We'll bounce around here a little bit between the AFC Championship game and also the Super Bowl. We certainly got a lot of time until the Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think, or I guess how do you think they replace Charles Aminahu next Sunday? Yeah, I, d- I did a little bit of digging into this. The way that the Chiefs operated at the beginning of the year, they would play a lot um, of a – it was a combination of Felix Anodike Uzama and then uh, Malik Herring, who's been here for a couple of years now. And then as the season went on and Omenahu returned, Herring was down for all of these weeks, and then Felix got a handful of snaps here and there. He was kind of phased out. That became a storyline toward the end of the season. In Week 18, uh, when when they were resting some of these guys, they played a lot. And I think from what the playoff snaps indicate, they must have liked Herring's film a lot more than what Felix was bringing to the table because Herring has been active for the playoff games and then Felix has been not has not been. And so what I think is both of these guys will be active for the Super Bowl and it will be a rotation uh, and who's playing well, that type of thing it would be nice to get some kind of uh, production out of Felix, just considering he was a first rounder. But I think this combo Herring and, and Odike Uzama will be thrown into the fire. It's a tough loss. Uh, it's a shame because Amenahue was playing outstanding and he would even had a little bit extra juice just playing that old team in, in this all important game. Would you be interested in bringing Frank Clark back? I was asked this question, so I'm going to ask you. I might ask you about Justin Ross next, just to really so make Super Bowl week a thing. You love to, you just love to stir this peat pot, but I, you can't, you can't bother me. There's no game this week. It's a casual week. We're strolling into the. Oh, you got 50 more minutes in studio. I mean, if that's the <laughs> challenge, <laughs> if that's the challenge, I think I could do it by 3:45. Anyway, uh, no, the answer is no. The answer is no. He went to Denver. They ended up cutting him. Right, he wasn't able to be a contributor there. Uh, then everyone wanted him back in Kansas City, went to Seattle. They ended up cutting him there. 
No, uh, the answer is no, and uh, and nothing against Frank. I mean, it, it's just when the writing's on the wall, the writing's on the wall. Like, you know, I don't know what he could bring to the table at this point. Um, two teams, and there's tape, have identified that he doesn't have, you know, that it anymore. And so I think you roll with the guys you have. Right now, we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. The thing that was really, I guess, startling to me about the AFC Championship game is that Baltimore had got to this point by playing a very specific style of football, running the football, controlling the line of scrimmage, Lamar being dazzling and making great plays. You want to know how many design runs they called in the, uh, in the second half of the game? They called three. How do you think that that's your formula to win if you were the Baltimore Ravens? You were number one in rush attempts, and you were 30th in pass attempts, yet you throw it 37 times and only run it 16 times in the game. Their game plan to me was so odd, and it felt like Kansas City with those two long drives at the very beginning of the game, it felt like they just took the wind out of the Baltimore Ravens' sail, and they just never really recovered offensively while Kansas City maintained and they played their version of yeah. playoff football. They didn't do this consistently in the regular season, but they played their brand of football. That was the most telling thing to me on Sunday. It was baffling what Baltimore tried to do. And I know, you know, I had uh, Twitter X up while uh, the game was going on. I think Warren Sharp pointed it out mid game. He's like, what are the Ravens doing? Cause they just were passing and passing and passing. And the Chiefs' defense has been very good against the pass and sometimes a little bit questionable against the run. And they run the football probably better than anyone in, in the league when you include the quarterback. And so now I came into this game thinking and, and not ruling out, well, maybe it looks like when Baltimore has the ball, one of these Army-Navy games where they're just running nonstop, Edwards gets it, a little bit of misdirection. Maybe they hand it off to Flowers or OBJ for one of those end-around Hardman looks. Maybe there's some design runs for Lamar Jackson. Maybe he throws the ball 20 times and they just try to play this possession game while scoring touchdowns. And it's like – well, Mark Andrews is back, so now we're going to throw it again. And Mark Andrews was invisible, and they couldn't really get it going other than the flowers sequence. And when they finally were able to get it going, his young and experienced showed where he lost his temper and eventually ended up costing them one yard short, enough for Snead to, to draw the fumble. He it, had a rough five-minute stretch. Oh. A no, really rough. The taunting penalty, terrible. the fumble, and then he punched the bench and he and split his hand 20, open. 20 minutes later, he blamed the refs, too, for uh, losing <laughs> the game. Yeah, uh, I like Zay Flowers a lot, but yes, a bad hour or so for him in his career that he'll never forget. Anyway, yeah, it, it made no sense, but uh, it played right into the Chiefs' hands. <laughs> like, you're not doing any favors for these uh, conspiracy theorists who are like, hey, the NFL's fixed when, like, the Chiefs, like, and I'm not claiming that by any means, but it's just funny because you would have thought the Ravens have to run. This is going to be a complete run-focused game plan, and they just went away from what to me was obvious. Like I think sometimes coaches outthink themselves, and this seemed like one of those cases for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There was I, we've seen a lot of inside the NFL footage come out over the last couple of days, and they showed a sequence on the bench where Odell Beckham is talking to Lamar, and he says, "You change the game by running the football. Yeah. It opens things up for everybody. You got to take off." 
And you just didn't see that version of Lamar. And, and I'm not trying to discredit Kansas City's defense at all. But there were times in that game where you're thinking, Lamar, go. Like, you got to yeah. make a decision here. And it felt like either he wanted to prove that he was a passer or they have just tried to coach him so much of the stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, don't take off, don't run. Where if Baltimore was going to really give themselves a chance to win that game, you were going to have to be aggressive offensively. And that was going to be through Lamar's legs. And I like Leo Chanel a, a lot, but everything in the pregame, you know, reports once, once Willie Gay was testing and wasn't able to go. And they, they said, well, Leo is going to be the direct replacement for Willie Gay. And man, I, I don't know if I'm in the Baltimore locker room and I'm the offensive play caller and I'm, I'm seeing this stuff and I'm just like, well, we have Lamar Jackson and the number one person we have to beat is Leo Chanel with a run. Like, I mean, Lamar Jackson outruns the fastest players in the NFL and it just wasn't a game plan that we're used to from them. And hey, uh, kudos to uh, Kansas City's plan. I think when they had to pass, you know, Spag showed them all these different looks and blitzed at times. Um, you know, from the secondary, uh, from the second level. And it, Lamar Jackson, he was just disarmed completely. And uh, I think a combination of Spags's plan and just their um, ineffectiveness and, and inability to really get anything going on the ground. What was the crowd like? Very disappointed. Uh, I, I thought uh, Hurt. a lot of uh, when, the, you know, there was that sequence where the Chiefs were getting a few calls in a row. Uh, I noticed in front of me a lot of birds were, were being thrown around, um, flying around. They uh, wanted to make sure the refs knew how they were feeling. That makes sense because they're the Ravens. That's a lot of birds mm -hmm. flying around. That yeah, actually, they, that checks out. Yeah, they actually have three. I found this out, too. I didn't realize this, but they have three mascots, Edgar, Allen, and Poe. Oh! So there were three birds walking around. Ooh. There were birds flying around in the stands when the Chiefs were getting the calls. When you saw that, that definitely flew over your head. Okay. okay. Yeah, uh, this, there, was a lot, there was a lot of bird action uh, going on. After the game, um, the Ravens, they were, I think a lot of them were ticked off, so they forewent the post-game meal, and they offered it up to the media. So I had this huge plate of turkey uh, leg, two turkey legs, smothered turkey legs, and fried chicken, collard greens, and yams, and rice. I mean, it was fantastic. But two mer more birds there. Uh, so bird-filled Sunday for Pete Sweeney. But, I, it was, you know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time in Baltimore. Good, good times. Right now we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Were you on the field at the end of the game? Did you get to see Taylor? I didn't go out to the field. I was finishing up stuff with the website, but I was in the um, the stadium part once all the players were coming off the field. And it was funny. I mean, we saw – I put the video on on uh, my Twitter of Willie Gay. He had, like, this walk-in boom box, and I don't, he, his neck wasn't good enough, but he was, like, shaking and dancing. And I'm like, well, I think he's going to be good enough for next week. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's all right for next week. They're going to need him against Christian McCaffrey. It was a wild scene. I mean, it, it was. It was really wild. I mean, it, I think when – when you win the AFC title at home, which we've seen a bunch of times here, like the players and the owners, for example, and the players' guests and stuff like that, they know where to go. But it kind of was like a celebration amid like mass confusion of where all these people go. So there was this, everyone was backed up in this like one little like area. There's a million of us waiting to get in the locker room. Once we get in the locker room, it's like a little bit smaller and the bags were everywhere. So we're like walking over bags to try to talk to players that we need to. Uh, wild times, but. Look, the Chiefs went to Baltimore and left with the Lamar Hunt Trophy. That's what everybody wanted. You know what, Pete? This question just popped in my head. Mm. 
We normally ask Aaron Ladd true-false questions about the playoffs. You know what? I'm going to ask you this time a true-false question. Rob, give me a little music here. Oh, look at this. True or false, Christian McCaffrey is the best player that the Chiefs have gone up against in the Super Bowl. In this playoff run? In any of their Super Bowls. Oh, in any of the Super Bowls. Hmm. Yeah, because he wasn't on the last 49ers team. No, he was not. It really makes you think. I don't know. I think the – so it was uh, Brady and the Bucks, and then the Eagles. I think I would give – I think I would give Jalen Hurts the nod over CMC. But CMC's either number two or number one. And, uh, man, I thought Jalen Hurts played well that night too. He was great. I mean, I think he might have been the best player on the field in the loss. Uh, I'm going to go Hurts, but – CMC's right there. I mean, I, I'm not going to hate you if, if you say so. I'm going to say false, but it's like, a, it's like a close false. Rob, where are you at? Christian McCaffrey is the best player that the Chiefs have gone up against in the Super Bowl. False, Bart Starr. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, I think it's false. I think George Kittle in 19 was the best individual player. That He was... I know we argued about it in Sports Talk Radio, who's better, Kelsey or Kittle in 19, but Kittle in 19 was sensational was that was that the year kelsey had the record for like a minute and then kittle took it correct because they it was, played later mm-hmm. yeah yeah see i think individual one season 2019 kittle may be the best player that she's faced in the super bowl i think the answer is true i think it's christian mccaffrey hmm. when you think about all what he can do he could have 100 yards receiving in this game. He could have 100 yards rushing in this game. Their offense specifically goes through him. I think it, I think it's Yale, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I just gave it to Hurts because it was the best quarterback that they've seen. You know, you know this, Carrington. The quarterbacks are allowed to throw the ball. We don't see a lot of throws from Christian McCaffrey, so... I just think that dual threat. He threw it last year in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I think it's because they true. have to. Yeah. Um, but it's just, that makes me, I think it tips Hurts for me, and he played so well. Where so. on this list would you put Tom Brady? Probably three. Easily for me. Um, Brady wasn't really that good in that game. He didn't need to. Be. First to breaking news in Kansas City Sports Radio. News. I don't even know what the breaking news is. You know what it is? This is breaking Chiefs news, too. From Adam Schefter, the Panthers are naming Brant Tillis, the Chiefs executive, their new executive VP of football operations. What many consider the Chiefs cap guru is headed to Carolina to work for David Tepper and co. I don't know if that was breaking news worthy. <laughs> I don't know if that was. That's a big job for him uh, to news. get. Salute to uh, Brant Tillis, though, for getting the call up makes sense to me he uh he's good i mean he was he was the um he was one of the major factors in patrick mahomes contract and sort of reinventing the book on this guarantee mechanism thing where they can pick and choose when they activate certain money and you know we've seen him now uh move that money to afford certain players how do you think he's going to handle uh bryce young's contract in a couple of years yeah uh, we'll see if he gets one. I think that um, I think it's a good move, for, and it's someone that the Chiefs are going to have to replace. Uh, you know, he's they, there's this brain trust that the Chiefs have with Brett Veach and Chris Shea and uh, Brand Tillis, and Tillis is very, very good at this stuff. So we'll see what the Chiefs do to replace. Are him. you surprised he left for a non-GM job? 
Like, he's just an executive over there. That seems like a lateral move at a way worse organization. I think he'll be doing the same type of thing, working closely with the GM to back channel and figure out extensive plans and how to afford everybody as best they can. Um, I'm assuming also the bag came into play, too. The bag too. came, and then also, I'm sure, the title. This is He's obviously one of the top football decision makers now where he was more someone that I think complimented, you know, Brett Veach here. So uh, that's a good job. Good, you know, kudos to him. I think the Carolina Panthers have quite the rebuild. So uh, a tough job, but uh, good for him. Back to Christian McCaffrey really quickly is, I guess I would argue yes for McCaffrey, which is different thing because I know Hurts plays quarterback, so it's just different. Of any of the teams that they have played, San Francisco needs him to play well to win. Like, yeah. if we are talking on the Monday after the Super Bowl that Christian McCaffrey, like, he has to have at least 100 total yards from scrimmage for, in order for San Francisco to win. There is not a scenario yeah. of San Francisco winning the game if Christian McCaffrey has 87 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, that could be true, though, about uh, Jalen Hurts. Less about Brady. I mean, Brady, all Brady needed to do is get the 10 points uh, in that game. Uh, I think you can make the case that if Hurts didn't play well, they wouldn't have been even close to uh, matching the Chiefs' total from from last year, but yeah, I mean, it's obvious to me if the 49ers win the game or make it a game and, you know, come close to winning in the fourth quarter, McCaffrey's numbers are going to be good. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Tom Brady in that game was 21 of 29, 201 yards passing, did have three touchdowns and no interceptions. So uh, he was, uh, he was very much Tom Brady in that Super Bowl win over the Chiefs. He was good, but I think, you know, your point of like, if player, I mean, all Brady needed to do in that game was get to 10. <laughs> it's not like they needed. <laughs> it was just so bad with the protection for the Chiefs. I mean, everyone remembers that. What a nightmare. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think for me it's Hurts, CMC, Brady. I do want to get back to the Chiefs coming up in just a bit. I'm going to give you the same homework assignment that we gave our guy Aaron Ladd. I want to play mm. for you Aaron Ladd's answers. So because the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, we asked him to give us his top five list of foods in a bowl. So I want to play for you what Aaron Ladd had to say. We'll get Pete Sweeney's top five list of foods in a bowl, and then we'll continue to break down Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. That's coming up. Keep it right here. We got Pete Sweeney in studio from Arrowhead Pride. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I do want to get back to very serious football things. But we have something even more serious than that. The Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl. So we asked Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News to make us his top five list of foods that come in a bowl. You know Aaron Ladd. (laughs) He's all right. I want to play for you what Aaron Ladd, what his top five was of foods that come in a bowl. Mr. Salmon, I call him now. Number five is ice cream, which I don't eat out of a bowl anyway. Okay. Number four, this was mentioned last week, gumbo. Incredible. Cereal, number three. Mm. And I've got hot and cold cereal. So oatmeal, uh, and then I think of also like Frosted Flakes. Number two, this should be on everybody's five, served in the bowl. Chili. Okay. Especially this time of year, I will put like Fritos or some kind of corn chip on top with like cheese in there. What's your number one here? Chili is number two. This is easy. Soup. Home run. So that was the top five from Aaron Ladd. Just outside of the top five, he had dip. So we are now coming to you, (laughs) Pete Sweeney. Dip. These are your five favorite foods that come in a bowl in celebration of the Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl. All right, Pete Sweeney, take it away. Yeah, Super Bowl fact. Um, Lamar Lamar Hunt made up Super Bowl. You know that? I did know that, actually. He was bouncing a Super Ball, and that's how he came up with it. Oh. Serious. That's a serious story. Okay, number five, uh, Thai. Uh, I know Aaron Ladd mentioned chili, but I'm going to put paella on the the number five rank here. Okay. Number four is cereal. I I don't know why uh, Ladd included hot cereal. Hot cereal is not on the list. This is cold cereal with your choice of milk. Yeah, because we were having this debate, and people were like, well, it says cereal on oatmeal. I don't look at oatmeal as being a cereal. I know it technically might be, but whenever your kid asks for a bowl of cereal, they are not asking you for Quaker Oats. They're asking for some Cinnamon Toast Crunch or some Lucky Charms. You know that. And oatmeal's fine, but it does not crack the top five. Okay. What do you put in your oatmeal? I don't know. I try to sprinkle a little of like the brown sugar. I'm not a huge oatmeal guy. My girlfriend eats this oatmeal and I just I'm a big fan on like when you go to a hotel and you get the continental breakfast. I do love a nice bowl of oatmeal. I went to a continental breakfast in, in Baltimore. They had an omelet guy. Oh I, I know you don't eat that in the bowl, but nothing like an omelet, man. You can like You pick put a little your... crab in there because you were by the sea? No, I had cra- me and uh, me and Adam Teicher split a pretzel crab um, the night before, so I was good on crab. Okay, but I just had a regular omelet. What okay, is, what is pretzel crab? They make. We went to the Zale House, and they give you like a pretzel you would get at a ballpark, and they put this like melted cheese and crab on, and it was great. Um, you know, we split that, and it was great. That's right. Adam Teicher. <laughs> Stunner no. that Teicher was at an ale house the night before a big game. Yeah, he had Color a couple. We had a couple. It was great. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three, New England clam chowder. I'm going to go specific on the soup. I know that you just said soup in general, but I'm going to go with my favorite soup, which is New England clam chowder. Number two, not a lot of people have heard of this thing, but it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's called chipino. It's this Italian seafood, red sauce, soupy type dish, and it's very, very good, but you can only get it in certain places. 
And then number one, Lad had this on this list, but it, the New Orleans style gumbo. I mean, there is nothing better in the world, in the world, in the world than uh, gumbo specifically in New Orleans that you, you know, you're eating out of a bowl. So that's the list. One, one more time for you. Paella and chili at number five, cold cereal four, New England clam chowder three, Chipino two, and gumbo number one. Undisputed list of no ice cream? Bowl foods. I, I, we're talking foods. I, I don't know why he included that. Ice cream is a dessert. You want to talk about I fun? mean, I would count ice cream as a food that comes in a bowl. I am so a little somewhere bit in the surprised mix. I don't know. Put for a couple of things. People on the text line are making a good point here. Mac and cheese, not on your list or Lad's list. That's usually, if I'm making mac and cheese at the house, I normally put it in a bowl, but that's perfectly fine. It's your list. Neither one of you had ramen. Ramen is a top five food that goes in a bowl. I thought, So for mac and cheese, like I will never... Ever. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to fat shame anybody here, but I'm not just going to eat mac and cheese as like the whole meal. So for me, mac and cheese is always on like it's one of the things on the plate. So that's why it didn't, it didn't even cross my mind. But mac and cheese is fantastic, by the way. And what was the other thing that you said? Oh, ramen. Ramen. Look, uh, I need, I'm, 30, I need the I'm a 35 year old man. I mean, I don't need to be eating ramen anymore. I, it, you know, I did it. I did it in college. I would heat it up. You know, if, make sure you put water in there if you're if you're if you're a young cheese fan going to college listening to this because you can burn the whole dorm down. A couple of my friends did that drunk, not great. Uh, but ramen is good. But there's a time and place in your life for ramen, and that is not now for me. I'm a big believer though that I don't care how how you've made it. Everybody still has that food. Like maybe you love corn dogs still, oh, or you love hot pockets or whatever it is. That food for me is ramen. Like right now, <laughs> if I am at home and it is eleven o'clock at night and I'm hungry, yeah. you know what I'm making? I'm making some chicken flavor ramen noodles, man. I love it. Yeah. I think for me that's become Chipotle. Like there's an aspect of, of me that gets excited when like usually my girlfriend is the one who cooks, you know, in our house and Sometimes it's kind of exciting when she's busy because I can go in and get Chipotle. I, I really enjoy uh, the Alex Gold special there. Right now we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. We just had him give us his top five list of foods that come in a bowl. I do want to get your Super Bowl food thoughts here coming up in just a little bit. We'll get to that coming up in a bunch. I We haven't talked a lot specifically about the game because obviously we have all next week to mm-hmm. do so, yeah. right? Just if I'm looking at this game, and I know I'm biased because I live in Kansas City, but if you were telling me that Kansas City, they have the better defense in this game, they have the better quarterback, they have the better head coach, and both of them get two weeks to prepare, it's just hard for me to come around to the idea that Brock Purdy is going to beat this defense. It's not to me about a quarterback matchup. Like I can see the Chiefs offense struggling, very similar to how they struggled in the AFC Championship game against Baltimore. I just don't trust Brock Purdy against this defense. And if you give Spags all of this time to figure out a way to somewhat slow down Christian McCaffrey and keep Brock Purdy in check, I'm just going to trust that their defense is going to figure it out. I think that Kansas City has the best unit in the National Football League. Like, if you put all 64 units, offense, defense, and cut it right down the middle, I think we've seen now over the first 22 weeks of the season that Kansas City's defense is the best and most consistent unit in the NFL. And I think we see that next Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I think the I'll explain it this way, and I'm not, you know, we're trying not to jinx anything here, but I just, like, look at what the challenges were for this postseason. You had the Dolphins in the freezer at home. You had 
Buffalo on the road and you had Baltimore on the road and now you get San Francisco neutral. If you are ranking and, and we're like just going into these games of like the way I was feeling, if you were ranking level of difficulty, I truly would have ranked um, Buffalo going to Buffalo and playing them one, going to the Ravens and playing them two. I'd put San Francisco neutral three, and then I would probably put two on the Dolphins having to come to that environment as the easiest, which isn't an easy thing. I just think this is, was a, a really tough road for Kansas City. So I would put this as the third biggest challenge for Kansas City. They've had the whole playoffs. So as long as they take care of business, come up with a good plan, do the right things, prepare the right, right way, I think have some semblance of offense in this game against a 49ers defense that hasn't really looked that good since, what, the middle of the season – I think you're looking at a pretty good prospect to win a title, I, I think. And your boy Nick Wright has said this. I've seen it at the national level. I think the toughest challenges are behind him. I think he compared uh, the quarterback to Glass Joe, having to play like the first uh, toughest boxer in that game that was popular. And now you're getting, to me, um, maybe the worst quarterback that you have had to face in the, in the postseason. It's a good situation for KC. They just got to take care of business. What's your favorite soup? I love tomato soup. I like uh, – you know, I I get this sometimes when I'm I'm, I'm digging in, and I'll uh, the tomato soup in the bread bowl from Panera Bread. Mm. Bread bowl, un, you know, talk about we did, we we were on the topic of bowls, and we didn't even mention this chili in a bread bowl, tomato soup in a bread bowl. You have some kind of seafood style soup like a chowder in New England Manhattan in a bread bowl, and then you finish, and you could kind of start eating your bowl if you're still a little bit hungry, and it's, it's got the remnants of the soup. Bread Bowl is, is really what we need to be talking about. Right now, we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Someone on the text line wants to get your thoughts on Kadarius Tony and his Instagram post. We'll do that on the other side. Okay. I do want to get I do want to get your take on some Super Bowl foods, as you seem like a man that loves a good Super Bowl party. Oh, yeah. Right now, we're joined in studio by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Welcome back into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Very happy right now to be joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Kadarius Tony had an Instagram. I don't even know what word you would use to describe what he was doing on Instagram. Outburst. But he certainly did something on Instagram. This is my stance on it, Pete. And you and I have not talked about this yet no. off the air. He had less than 200 total yards from scrimmage this season. Mm-hmm. Why does anyone care about this? Yeah. Why? I- I don't know. He is not a difference in the game whether the Chiefs will win or lose this game. Maybe he'll play. But this season, he hasn't made enough of a positive impact. And this offense has finally figured it out. It is not a coincidence to me that this offense has started to turn the corner when he got hurt and Sky Moore got hurt. It is just not it, it is not random to me yeah. that this has happened. So I, I get it. Hey, what's going to happen? I know he made the play, the big play last year. I, I, it is better for the Chiefs if Kadarius Tony does not play next Sunday. Yeah, and I think the Chiefs know that. I it it took a while. I think this season for them to lean into other guys. I think they were trying to give Tony and Moore a lot of time, and eventually, I think the time ran out, and there were injuries involved, and now they're sort of on the outside looking in at what is an offensive plan that works for Kansas city. I know that there's been some questions based upon what Tony said about the injury and whether he's injured. I mean, if he's on the injury report, you know, my thought is he's receiving treatment in some capacity. Uh, you know, I don't think they just would make that completely up. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with his story. Andy Reid was asked about it on Monday and he just said, he'll be back at practice and we'll see. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if an NFL team, like we used to joke about it with Tyler Bray. You remember, we always would know mm. coming to end of training camp. Oh, they're about to have some mystery injury for Tyler Bray. So I, I don't, I'm not putting it past the chiefs that he is healthy enough to play and maybe got clear. Like, sure. Hey, wait, sure, wait, wait. Sure. But again, I don't care. Yeah. He played in 13 games this year and has less than 200 yards for scrimmage for the Chiefs. Why do we, He is wide receiver number six on this team. I don't care about him heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't think it's a something to be worried about where he's going to be involved. What I see for him is his timeline being similar to what you saw with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year, where he came to the Super Bowl, was ready, was there, uh, if there were to be an injury while they're getting ready for this game, if something happened, I think he was going to be available to go. But ultimately, he was inactive for the game. I tend to think that's exactly what's going to happen with Kadarius, and you see what happens with him 
in the offseason. And I I don't know. It, it seemed much like Sky Moore. It seemed like both of these guys can just or they, they almost need a reset and look at 2024 as a year to, to be better. we got a long way to go in this. So I won't ask you your Chiefs win if Niners win if. I'll ask you that next week when you come on the show. Sure. But when you start to take an early look at these two teams. Yeah. What's been your biggest impression? Because mine has just been, this is the San Francisco team that is really talented offensively and might be the most talented offense that they've seen. I think they maybe have the best offensive lineman in the NFL in Trent Williams. They have the best running back in the league. And, and if you want to talk about one, two punches in the league, you probably didn't have a better one this year than what they have in San Francisco with Debo Samuel and his versatility. And then you look at Brandon Ayuk. This is a really, really talented offense that can beat you a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't necessarily dived into the individual matchups. I, you know, I think we will as we get to Thursday morning. I'll be out at Arrowhead uh, tomorrow starting to talk to these players. We'll be out. I think we have media Thursday and Friday. So, um you know that that's something that I'm I'm eager to 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 look at as far as you know what the personnel matchups might be, but I just think if you take a wide lens to this thing and you just take a a glance at the schedule, I mean what I would tell you is the Chiefs and the 49ers had really really similar Christmas days. You remember Christmas Day in Kansas City? Chiefs got beat by the Raiders. It stunk. Then you, know, you got to the night game. The Ravens just beat the crap out of the 49ers and won 33 to 19. Now I think Kansas city really built up from that loss. And I, I think it was a turning point for them and they were embarrassed. Uh, a lot of people went to that game, of course, to be in the holiday game and uh, had to look inward and said, are we going to be that team that just lost to the Raiders? Or are we going to be a more efficient team and um, make our way to the Super Bowl by playing good, clean football. And I think they did that. Whereas I know the 49ers like the Chiefs won in the process, but it just didn't look the same. Washington, uh, they ended up winning that game 27 to 10. I believe it was tied at halftime. Week 18, they didn't play those guys because they had uh, a reset here. So you're in this game against Washington. That's the first after that Ravens loss. You take week 18 off. You have another uh, week off with the bye. Then you get to the Packers. Make a case that they should have lost that game. Mm-hmm. You get to the Lions. You can make a case that they should have lost that game. They've been kind of hanging on this thread. It does feel like that. Where I think the Chiefs um, have like powered through and are actually playing their best ball at the right time. Whereas I think the 49ers are like, can we just manage one more win? In if like this, this were the middle of the season and the 49ers were going through this stretch, I would tell you. Oh, they're in store for a losing streak. And they had a losing streak earlier in the year. Remember they had that losing streak where right before their bye, they lost to the Browns, Vikings, and Bengals. So I just think these are two teams that, sure, are they on the same positive direction? Yes, they've both won throughout the playoffs. But I just, the way the Chiefs have been winning these games is different to me than the way the 49ers. No, you're 100% right. And I think at least with San Francisco, I mean, since their bye week, because you you alluded to it, they have those three losses. That's the Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati, a rough October for them. They then have their bye week. They've only lost one game since then. Now, yeah. I don't count the week 18 loss. No, that's Purdy didn't I, I didn't start. Even McCaffrey that. Yeah. didn't start. That yeah. didn't even count. The only loss that they had to was Baltimore. And I just think offensively, they are completely different when they have Debo Samuel yes. in those games. In those three games, they scored 17 points in all three of those games. 17 against Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. They are a drastically different team when they have Debo Samuel. 
This is a really, really even matchup. We were talking about this yesterday on the show. I understand why the algorithm likes San Francisco in this game. Like, if you were looking at the first 20 games that we have seen of both of these teams, San Francisco has been better than Kansas City. I just think if you were going to give me two weeks and you're going to give me this defense to figure out how to stop Brock Purdy, I just feel really good about Kansas City winning this game. I feel like they're the correct side to be on. You look at these two matchups in the playoffs for the 49ers, I'm just talking defensively. You had Jordan Love and the Packers and that team give them quite the scare and have 330 net yards in the process. Jared Goff and company were able to have 442 yards. Their defense is not playing well, which I think plays into the hands of the Chiefs who – Yes, uh, had a really nice first half. Second half wasn't great, but I think it's a team that knows its identity now and knows how to uh, beat a defense like this. Like, I, I see 442 for the, the Lions net yards, and I'm thinking, like, even in this offense for the Chiefs that has gone through its struggles, like, I think they could get to 350 yards against the way the 49ers defense is playing. And I think, sure, I think San Francisco will get its drives, and it's not like I think the Chiefs are going to, stop them completely out of the end zone. But I'm with you. I just think Steve Spagnuolo is going to be able to do enough when you think about the poor defense that is the 49ers recently, the offense coming on, and just the idea of, well, maybe they don't need to necessarily hold the 49ers to um, you know, what is uh, you know, 14 anymore. If the Chiefs' offense is playing well, maybe the Chiefs get to 24-28. That's a lot of room for error for a really, really good Spags defense, even with all these 49ers weapons. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, joining us in studio. Pete Sweeney will be back in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll go through the hits and the top story of the day in Kansas City. Pete, man, we appreciate you as always. Chapino forever. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, we'll talk about Chris Jones heading into this matchup against San Francisco. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.